I had originally thought to sing this morning's Bible verse to you, but have now thought much better of it. It is taken from the book of John, chapter 16, verses 25 to 33, um, which comes when Jesus is speaking with his disciples and before his arrest. I've been using figures of speech with you. The time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in such analogies. Instead, I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. I left the Father and came into the world. I tell you again... I am leaving the world and returning to the Father. His disciples said, See, now you speak plainly. You aren't using figures of speech. Now we know that you know everything, and you don't need anyone to ask you. Because of this, we believe you have come from God. Jesus replied, Now you believe. Look, a time is coming and is here. When each of you will be scattered to your own homes, and you will leave me alone. I am not really alone, for the Father is with me. I've said these things to you, so that you will have peace in me. In the world you have distress. But be encouraged. I have conquered the world. The word of God for the people of God. I know that on Sundays uh, we call this a conversation, and uh, as a pastor, sometimes I get the opportunity to say some things that maybe you don't get an opportunity to respond to. Uh, You might in your head otherwise, but uh, let me extend an invitation to you real quickly. If there's something I ever say on a Sunday morning that you have a question about or you want to talk with me about, I want to make sure you know that I'm open to any conversation regarding anything that's said on a Sunday. This is not a one-way dialogue that I'm just going to download some things to you, and I expect you to just simply accept them, because you may not, or you may. But whenever you have a question, feel free to give me a call, write me an email, say, let's get together. I'll be more than happy to make the time to do so, okay? I want to make sure that's clear and you guys know that invitation is open. As I said at the beginning of worship today, we're coming closer to the end of our worship series on key relationships that we should be holding. Today we're going to talk about the transparent relationship that we should be having with the world that shows that we are authentic followers of Christ. As you remember, though, we began the conversation talking about our proximity to Jesus. When Jesus beckons us to become his disciples, he wants us to follow him closely, right? Not from afar or a distance. And that that has some ramifications for us, socially and publicly as well. We also talked about the element of friends and the need for good friends that are going to build you up in your relationship with Christ as well. We talked about that as a key relationship. And as I said, this is the one we're going to talk about where we need to be open and transparent, that we need to have an authentic relationship with Christ that is evident in the world around us. Because I think that we know there's all kinds of things that we believe that are safe for us to talk about in this world. The weather is usually a safe topic to talk with other people about, right? Ideas about our community. Your favorite sports team is 
typically a good thing that you can talk to other people, safe territory to talk to other people about. If you're politically aligned with someone, you can usually get away with your political banter. If you're not, you find yourself in a little bit of uh, territory that's tumultuous. But for the most part, we know the safe areas in which we can have a conversation with other people. We also know that there are some things that you just don't talk to other people about. There are some things that you can't have a conversation with other people about. There are some things that you want to keep private, that you want to keep closed off. You don't want the world to know about you or what you have done, what you think, who you are. In some ways, we are secretive. In other ways, we're transparent in the world around us. Now, I believe that when it comes to being a follower of Jesus Christ, who is empowered by the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to be a people who are transparent about that relationship, transparent with the world around us, that we are followers of Christ. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have a family member or a friend, though, when when they start talking, they start talking and sharing things that are really inappropriate, right? And, you know, the, the, there's three letters that come to mind when that person starts speaking. Do you remember what they are? TMI, right? You know, you got a family member or a friend who shares way too much information. Any of you got one of those? Right? Yeah, you know exactly who they are, right? I tried to find some funny examples of TMIs, but when I came across them, There was actually too much information for me to share in public or in mixed company. But when you think about it generically, the things that people share too much information about, their bodies, experiences, things that they are thinking that you're like, man, you should really just not ever share that with anybody, or things that they're doing or going to do, not doing, the things that we share way too much information about, right? When I asked you if you had a family member, I'm sure that image of their head came you know, right in mind. You had a picture of them, and you knew exactly what they would talk about and share too much about, right? What I'm struggling with today are things that we share over and over and over, and things that we hide from the world. And you might, too, sometimes, especially in your Christian walk. Because we think as Christians, we're supposed to be open and honest, and we're supposed to share everything about who we are, that that's what we are called to do. We think that might be the the norm of who we are, right? And yet we also know that there are some things that we just want to keep private. We don't want to share with anybody else. And we might think of ourselves as, as maybe heretical, as someone who is not authentic, because there's things we keep private while we feel the call to be public in so many things. I think that confession is good for the soul. Confession to God is healthy and cleansing. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that you have to confess to every single person you ever encounter and share every single one of your dirty secrets with them, right? That doesn't make sense to us. And so we find ourselves maybe caught in the tension of that. I want to ask you, How many of you feel completely, absolutely, completely comfortable sharing every single thing that you have ever done or said in public or in private? How many of you feel comfortable sharing that with all the world? Any of you? Or how many of you feel completely comfortable sharing every single thought you've ever had with all the world? None of us. 
I know I don't have a single taker in the audience on those questions because there are things that are better left in our past, kept kind of hidden or secret, left in the shadows because they are not constructive. They are not helpful if they see the light of day. There's actually a young lady that wrote an article that said there's ten things that you should always keep secret. Now here's the premise of her article. She says we all have secrets. As a matter of fact, our secrets have us, and there is a reason they are called secrets and we should stick to the literal translation or meaning of those. And yet, sometimes we have a tendency to blurt out some of our secrets to our friends and to the world. She says that we should try to figure out how to make sure that if we ever have a need to purge our conscience, we should really think about also the consequences of it. But here's here's the part of the article that I thought was kind of fun and fascinating. Is She said, here's the things that you should always... Keep to yourself. And I thought I'd share the list with you real quick. So number one on the list was, you should always keep your lifestyle choices to yourself. And here's her example. If you like dressing up in an animal costume and going to Vegas for a convention of like-minded people, there is no need to tell all the world that. Okay, now folks, that was funny. (laughs) Number two. If you have the inability to do something, you really don't need to tell all the world that you're incapable of doing that, right? How many of you here can juggle? Anybody can juggle? Anybody good at juggling? John Rector can juggle. I can't juggle. I don't need to tell the whole world I can't juggle, right? There's no need to share all of that all the time. Any of you keep a diary? If you keep a diary, her recommendation is is that you not tell anybody that you keep a diary because then your friends are going to wonder if you're writing in your diary about them. Right? So don't share anybody with a diary. Fear, if you have a fear that's socially reasonable, you could share that. But you might be careful because other people might think you're peculiar. And if you share your fears with people over and over and over, then people might think you're a peculiar person. So be careful about sharing your fears. Wealth, if you have money, don't tell anybody you have money. Most embarrassing moment. If that is your most embarrassing moment, it's probably too embarrassing for you to share over and over and over with the world because that makes it even more embarrassing. Right? Your address, keep that to yourself. Dirt on your friends, does that one really need any explanation? Who you have a crush on, if you're, it might be precarious to share that if you're single. It would be fatal if you're married. Right? And finally, the piece de resistance, of course, we all know, keep your passwords and your PIN numbers safe. You don't need to share those with anybody. Right? I heard a term this week that described a conversation I had with you during the joys and concerns. The concern, uh, the, the term is polarity. Polarities are two truths that we hold, right, that seem to be opposite of one another. I think I described those for you in the beginning of the joys and concerns, right? But think about it this way, all right? On one hand, we think that there are things that we need to keep private. There's a truth to that. There's things that should be kept private. On the other hand, there's another truth. We're supposed to be open and honest, authentic followers of Jesus Christ. There's a polarity in those truths. There's a dynamic tension between them. So let me ask you this. How many of you feel completely comfortable being transparent about your relationship with Jesus Christ? Not just with the people you're sitting next to in church, but with the world out there your neighbors, your associates, your friends. How many of us find at times it's easy 
for us to be authentic and open about our relationship with Christ. And at other times, it's not so easy to be transparent about it. Jesus was transparent with his disciples. He was as transparent as he possibly could be. Now, we, we also know that he taught in parables. He told stories, right? The kingdom of heaven is like, and then he would launch off into a parable about it. He told them other stories, right? He told them a story about a woman who had three coins and she lost one of the coins and before you know it, she is sweeping the whole house. She is tearing the house apart looking for that one coin that she was missing. He follows it up with another story about a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and all of a sudden he started calling their names and counting them to find out that he only had 99. One of them went missing and before you know it, the shepherd leaves the sheep and goes in search for that one. And when he finally finds the one lost sheep, he puts it on his shoulders, he carries it back to the flock. He told them parable stories, analogies. And they had trouble understanding those because they couldn't quite conceive that in those two stories in particular, Jesus is talking about the love of God, that it is so vast and so concerned for all of us, it would pursue us, it would look for us, to the end of time. It would go to the depths of the wilderness to try to find us. They couldn't quite picture that in the parables. But in this moment, Jesus said to them, I'm going to speak to you plainly. As he had done before, he had shared with them some things that were very plain. He wasn't speaking to them in riddles. He was using plain language. He described for them moments and things that were going to transpire. He said to them around the table in his last supper, one of you who's putting your hand in the bowl, you're going to go out from here and you will betray me. That was as plain as he could possibly lay it out for them. He made it abundantly clear that they should be servants of one another as he took a towel and he washed their feet during the meal. He said, if you want to practice the way of love, then you have to be a servant of each other. He made it abundantly clear over and over that he was going to die and that that was coming soon. He predicted his own death multiple times. And when he said, when I am when I am gone and when I am no longer with you, you won't be alone because the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will be with you and active in your lives. He told them plainly that when I die, you will abandon me. You will find yourselves hiding. Jesus was plain. He was plain about the cost of discipleship. He said, you've got to take up a cross to follow me. You're going to lose your family, your friends, your status, your power, your possessions. You may even lose your life if you are willing to come and follow me. He was transparent. He was open in these things. He wanted them to understand what that meant to be in relationship with him. And when Jesus died, where was his disciples? Hiding in an upper room hoping to keep their relationship with him a secret. How about you? How many of us hear the clear call for our relationship with Christ to be open to all the world, to be transparent for the world to see, for our relationship with Christ to be one of the most important relationships that we have, and to be able from that to share a message with the world that is of love and grace? Or are we listening to a little whisper in our ear that says to us, keep it a little bit secret, hide it? I would say simply that that it's hard, I think, for us sometimes to be transparent with our friends, our associates, our neighbors, 
regarding our relationship with Jesus? Let me give you a couple reasons why I think it might be hard for us. Number one is, is I think the demands of following Jesus are high. It's a high standard. It's a high demand to, to live the life that Christ wants each one of us to live. Billy Graham preached a sermon one time, and in it he talked about tolerance. And he said tolerance causes us to compromise, compromise some of our values, maybe compromise on some character issues as well. He titled the, the sermon Broad-Mindedness, that when we broaden our minds and become more tolerant, the way expands for us. But he said in nature and in science, the way is narrow. There are some things about nature and science that are unambiguous by their nature. Water boils at what? Do you know? 212 degrees at sea level. It never boils at 100 or 189 degrees. It is always 212 degrees. Water freezes at what? 32 degrees Fahrenheit, right? Never 23, and not even at 31, even though 31 is pretty close, right? Always 32 degrees. Objects that are heavier than air are subject to gravity, right? The laws of nature are narrow and defined, and In Billy Graham's mind, the way of following Christ is not a broad way, but a rather narrow way. And therefore, the demands of following Christ for him are high. And maybe for some of us, we want to be a little bit more broad, and so we're a little more pseudo-followers of Jesus Christ. And so therefore, it's easier for us to find ourselves being a little more secretive sometimes, not always open, right? I think the other thing is is that we fear being judged and judged harshly sometimes as well, particularly because we claim the name of Christian, the title Christian, and being part of, of a community. In 2006, there was a pastor out in Denver, Colorado. He was a pastor of an evangelical megachurch that was removed from his church. He was voted out by his board of elders. He was one who was known for preaching his sermons and being able to explicate in his sermons people's sins and what God was calling them to be righteous in. And he also in that, one of his favorite topics was to talk about homosexuality. And he would label it as a sin and call his people to righteousness, right? In 2006, he was removed from his pulpit because he was having an illicit homosexual affair. People judge. Judge harshly those of us who seem to be judgmental. You think one of the things that you think about what Jesus said, how often we're pointing out the beam in somebody else's eye, the speck in somebody else's eye, and we miss the beam coming out of our own eye. And in our inauthenticity, we fear that we might be lumped in, that we might not be transparent. And then we might be judged and judged harshly by the world. So it's hard to follow Christ. Or could I say that maybe, maybe we're just simply afraid that we might lose friends and some of our social status as well. You know, if I tell too many people I follow Jesus, they're not going to ring me up on the phone and invite me to their parties. You know, we might lose some friends, some social status. Several years ago, Margaret and I had a chance to travel with uh, some friends of ours, and we went to Kingman, Arizona to visit his aunt and uncle. We stayed at their house. And actually, I remember that I visited St. John's United Methodist Church in Kingman, Arizona. 
So I had been to a St. John's long before I ever came to St. John's here in Kansas City. But, but one of the things that was kind of funny was we got there, we got all settled in, and my friends went to find a drink. Wine. They went to find the wine, right? And they were looking through the house. They knew their aunt and uncle drank. They knew they probably had something, but they couldn't find it anywhere. So finally, my, my friend, he went to his aunt and uncle. He said, what's going on? Where's all the wine at? The aunt and uncle looked at him and said, well, when you said you were bringing a preacher, we figured we needed to hide all the alcohol so they wouldn't think we were sinners, right? Yeah? You've heard the old joke about going fishing with, two, with a Baptist? Have you ever heard that joke? If you go fishing with a Baptist, you always take two of them with you. If you take one, they'll drink all your beer and probably catch most of the fish. If you take two of them, they'll drink none of your beer and definitely catch all the fish, right? The fear that we have of what people will say about us can sometimes suppress our voice, especially as followers of Christ. But despite these things, friends, I believe that Jesus needs for us to be a transparent, authentic witness, especially in a chaotic and troubling world, especially in the urgent times in which we find ourselves today. These words might sound familiar. There shall be wars and rumors of wars. Nations shall rise up against nation. There will be earthquakes, famine, and pestilence. If Jesus were alive today, I think he'd say there will be trade wars and nuclear tension. There will be oppression that is seen and unseen. There will be social unrest over immigration, gun control, and racism. Denominations will struggle over the issues like homosexuality and human sexuality. These are the beginning of our troubles. The world in which we live has its troubles. And we believe that the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ's love and grace, the gospel of God's forgiveness and redemption is the most powerful tool in the world for transformation. But it needs us, God's people, God's people to be the carriers, the transparent, authentic followers of Jesus, carrying the gospel into the world. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we can talk about. They're the mundane, the simple, the easy topics of life, weather, sports, community, how your grandkids are doing. We can talk about all those kinds of mundane things. Those are safe. But how about a conversation regarding Christ and the love of Christ for all people and a love of Christ that can heal and transform our world. Are we willing to have that conversation? Let me ask you a couple of questions as we close this morning. Do you have friends and neighbors or associates that know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you open and are you authentic about it? And what do they know from that? Do they know that they are loved? Or do they avoid you because they know you might judge them? Do you know of someone that you need to go to and share Christ with? A family member that needs to hear that Christ loves them? Or are you going to keep that a secret for yourself? Are you paying attention to what's going in, going on in the world around us? And do you see the need for we, the church, the individuals of the church, to carry Christ's message to Join me in prayer.
gracious and holy God. We come before you this morning knowing that in many ways there are things that we have conversation with you about. There are the moments in which we may keep secret from the world and yet you know all these things about us. They are the moments where we come and and confess and seek your restoration. Lord, we know that there are also moments where you are inviting us to be your voice in the world, to speak loudly. And yet we are silent. We might find ourselves being like the disciples hiding in the upper room. We are a people infused by your Holy Spirit, empowered by you. Not for our own purposes, not for our own goals, our own means or measure. We are empowered by you to make a difference in your world. Oh Lord, help us to live into that power, that strength today. To carry your message of Christ to all. To share with them your love, your mercy, your redemption. It is a gift you have given to us. Help us to give that gift away. We ask this in Christ. Amen. I'm going to invite our